just a ricochet effect, ricochet effect, like ricochet. Conversation with no moderation, love to the communities, the ricochet effect. Having conversation with no moderation, love to the communities, the ricochet effect. Having conversation with no moderation. Hi, this is Renee Cobb, and I'm Dr. Abini El Amin, and we are with the ricochet effect. The WUKY 2024 Women of Distinction kicks off in the month of March for Women's History Month. We have 13 nominees, four committee members from staff and the WUKY CAB, and WUKY Newsroom Engagement. All women will be recognized on WUKY News Programming. However, four women are selected to be highlighted in each week of March and at a culminating program to be held at WUKY Studios on March 28, 2024 at 6 p.m. Marilyn Clark is the Economic Inclusion Manager for the University of Kentucky, where she works across the enterprise to increase spending with diverse suppliers. She works closely with the procurement team, project managers, and departments to introduce minority, women, veterans, disabled, and LGBTQ-owned businesses into the UK supply chain. In addition, Ms. Clark leads the Equitable Economic Development Committee, a subcommittee of the University of Kentucky's Economic Development Collaborative. Prior to joining the University of Kentucky in January 2021, Marilyn worked in supplier diversity at the Lexington-Fayette Urban County Government and Fayette County Public Schools. She is the former Vice President and Station Manager for WLEX-TV, the NBC affiliate in Lexington, and she has also worked in television management in Dallas, Philadelphia, and Birmingham prior to moving to Lexington. Marilyn was recently appointed to the Fayette County Public Schools Board of Education in District 1. So Marilyn, we're so glad to have you on the Ricochet Effect today. Can you tell us about a significant challenge you faced in your career or personal life and also talk about how you overcame it? First of all, I want to say thank you for for having me and thank you for recognizing women and their accomplishments in the community. So that means a lot. Um, When it comes to career challenges, I think that um, one of the things that the pandemic taught us is that we can always make changes, right? And so career challenges are uh, sort of like things I put into a category of, you know, can I change this? Can I not change this? You know, the serenity prayer. So things that I cannot change, and I feel like I'm at a, a standstill with that particular position, I can always change it. Mm-hmm. So to me, you have that option. Um, the challenges in life that I face, however, are around people. If I lose someone, that's really uh, important to me, and that's happening quite a bit these days. Uh, I've lost half my family. So to me, those are the real challenges in life that we face. Mm-hmm. Well, you have an extensive bio, and we could not be more proud to have you in the studio with us. So what inspired you to pursue your current career path and or advocacy work? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, failure. <laughs> 
sometimes can inspire you to do different things, right? Sometimes we just want to stay where we are, and that was not the case. So before I got into my current position uh, with the University of Kentucky, uh, my first life was in broadcasting. So when I came here, uh, I was station manager at WLEX, and when that position, we sold the station, that position went away, I was, oh, I don't have a job. What am I going to do? And so they sent me to one of those places where they help you at placement. And so the lady that was there, who's a friend of mine now, Beverly, she said, why don't you start a business? And I thought, oh, really? And I did. I just started a business. And that business um, went on for a number of years, and then the bottom fell out of the market, right? Mm-hmm. So another failure. I had to close up shop, let go the one person I had, move out of my office, and I go, okay, here's another phase in life. And I became the first um, person to serve in the role of uh, minority business coordinator for the city of Lexington, LFUCG. And that's how I got, that's how I got started. So Marilyn, tell us about the work that you do for the University of Kentucky. Uh, Thank you uh, for asking. Uh, I am the Economic Inclusion Manager for the University of Kentucky. I started back in January of 2021, and, you know, that was coming out of the pandemic. It was kind of still in the middle of it. And so our plan was to um, start to look at how how do we work across the enterprise, which is the entire state, to build up economic development, Uh, both for diverse businesses as well as Kentucky-located businesses. And so that's our our goal. Uh, We're part of that strategic plan. Um, And so that's been very rewarding work. We work with so many companies. Uh, We work with companies in construction, and we work with companies that are doing, um, you know, promotional items and furniture, and you just name an, an an area, and we spend so much money. Um, so the university is an economic engine in our communities, and we want to make sure that everybody is involved. Everybody understands what we have to offer, and how to how to embrace that. And so I spend a lot of time educating those businesses, meeting with them individually, meeting in in events, meeting online, uh, so that we can get that message out there. So I I really love the work, and we're making some some great um, progress. I work with uh, Chief Procurement Officer Barry Swanson and Deputy Chief uh, Naomi Emmons. Um, One of the other things I did in between was I worked at UK as adjunct professor. (laughs) (laughs) I was maybe two weeks ahead of my students (laughs) preparing those lesson plans. I was sweating every day. They told me I would have a small class. I ended up, my first class was like almost 60 students. (laughs) But that helped me a lot because my business was a training business. So I had the opportunity to prepare and practice, prepare, deliver. And um, so sometimes failure can take you to some new places. Well, as they say, experience is the best teacher. Do you have some experience with failure, Renee, in your beautiful, wonderful career? 
Uh, yes. <laughs> and it's so funny as, you know, you mentioned that I was recollecting a quote that I'm a quote collector, mm-hmm. by the way, said that, you know, I don't like to think that we have failures. We have experiences where we learn something valuable. And it just brought to mind how much the context changes if we just see it in our minds as something different than what the actual word represents. So right. I appreciate that story. Me too. Yeah. Marilyn, just to kind of, you know, transition from the concept of overcoming failures and also challenges, how do you go about defining success and how do you strive to achieve it in your endeavors? So do you have a formula? Um, I think success really is uh, living your life on purpose, with purpose, and intentionally, right? You get to the point where you understand what is important to you. And it's not always financial success. You know, that's a piece of it. But if you can get up every day and you feel like uh, I'm doing purposeful work um, and I'm working in my purpose that I'm designed for, you know, they say there are three uh, ways that we are rebirth. Uh, We're we're born into this world through their mom. Uh, secondly, we are born through our relationship with Christ. And thirdly, we're born the day we find out what we're, what our purpose is in life. And, um, and so as long as you understand what that is, you're successful. So true. So to build on that, can you think of a memorable achievement or a project that you're really particular proud of as a woman of distinction at WUKY and Project Ricochet? I do have a couple. Um, the first one was when I moved here, um, I actually brought free Friday flicks. Spit that out. <laughs> yes. I brought that to Lexington. It was a project that we did in Birmingham. We brought it here to the station. Uh, it was so much fun and so much joy to see the families who came out to Jacobson Park and brought the entire family, the kids having fun, being kids, uh, just this whole community um, event that we were able to do. And we had so much fun doing it, you know, petting zoos and food trucks and, and all of those things. So that was a joy to, to bring that to the market. The other thing we're doing at UK right now is called the um, Turner UK Construction Diversity Accelerator. And that is a program of uh, 10 weeks that will start in March. It's our third cohort. And we have 21, 21 companies this year that we will work with over a 10-week period of time to get them ready to understand the nuances of being involved and being successful in the construction industry. Right now, we have close to five, four or $5 billion worth of work that's coming down the pike. We need people to bid our projects, and so we have to grow our own. And so that's that's one of the things that we're working on, and I'm really, really, really proud of that. So are there a number of women that are also part of that next cohort? Absolutely. We have both men and women, and I love seeing women go into those kinds of fields, construction. Uh, so, yes, we do have a, uh, a good cohort of men and women, uh, minority businesses, veteran-owned businesses, woman-owned businesses. So it, it really is a joy. Um, it just brings joy to my heart to see them come through that program. And we've got quite a bit of literature and uh, research that we've done uh, about the successes of those businesses. 
So let's kind of transition to being a woman in the field that you're in. And let's talk about pressing issues or barriers for women's advancement from your perspective. And how do you go about working to address those barriers? You know, one of the things that I believe um, strongly is in mentorship. So women still have the same issues we've had for many years about equal pay, uh, opportunities, having a seat at the table, being heard. Uh, those things still exist. Uh, but I have this, this notebook, and the cover of it says, Empowered Women Empower Women. Mm-hmm. And I think when we empower each other um, and, and give back uh, to women in a special way, we can help prepare them for some of the challenges that they face, prepare them for what work is really like. Um, and so I, ju- I just believe in that, that concept of community and empowerment for, for women to deal with challenges that we may face in the workplace. That's wonderful. I was very fortunate because I I grew up in a family of amazing, beautiful, smart, wise women who were also very faithful in their faith. Mm -hmm. And um, so that brings us to, to really reflect on who are some women that have influenced or mentored you throughout your journey and what lessons have you learned from them? Well, of course, the first woman is my mom, and uh, she's no longer with us. Uh, but she was my fearless, my fearless leader. My mom was afraid of nothing, but also a, a, a soft heart. Uh, my mom was a domestic worker. I would go with her to clean houses. Uh, but she went into the daycare. She started working at a daycare, and uh, when she retired, grown men and women came back and sobbed, you know, about how she took care of them as children. And she did not allow them to get away with things either. So uh, she also taught me about how to save. <laughs> mm. My mom, she definitely kept the purse strings. My dad was the spender. She was the saver. So I tended to get a little bit more of her in me than uh, my dad, but I really admired her courage, how she raised us, how she um, um, coached us, how she modeled for us without having to say a word, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I love that. Um, in my career, I had a woman that I work with in my first job out of college uh, in Dallas at a brand new TV station. And her name was Lindsay Logue. Uh, I haven't heard from her in years. But she gave me some great advice. I wanted to leave where I was. I was working in programming. And it was hectic. Um, And I said, you know, marketing just looks like so much more fun. I I think I want to do that. She said no. You know, she didn't think about it. She didn't hesitate. No, that's not where you need to be. Long term, this is going to get you where you want to be. Stay here. Your salary will double. You will have more experiences. Just do that. And she was right. In a few short years, my salary doubled and tripled. And I ended up going into management, became a vice president, all because I listened to her mentorship, Mm -hmm. right? And it it never was easy. She gave me things that 
she put me in, in positions where I never should have been <laughs> right out of college in, in sitting in, in big, you know, meetings with all the managers, but doing budgets when I didn't even understand what a budget was. So I really appreciate her, again, that mentorship, that believing that I could do something that I didn't believe I could do myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, like she put you through the fire and look how successful you are now. I mean, you are a true woman of distinction, not just in the professional space, but also your personal space. And then um, the, the things that you do for community is, is so inspiring. We are honored to sit before a woman of greatness such as yourself. So how do you balance your professional commitments with your personal life and other interests? I always, always laugh at that question. <laughs> what is balance? So I look at it this way. We have one life, right? It's all it's all combined. We are one person. And so the way that I try to um, bring some sense to everything is to have priorities, right? Uh, and there are certain points in times in your life where you have different priorities. Um, when my kids were younger, there are certain things I just didn't do. They were my priorities, so I couldn't do all these outside things. Um, there were there was a point in time when I was in grad school, and so that was a real commitment, working full-time in, in school on the weekends. There are certain things I couldn't do, um, you know, being on the school board. Now, I don't have as much time as I used to have. There is, there is a cost. There's a cost that you have to think about and weigh uh, at, at various periods in your life, and um, so that's what I've done. I've learned to prioritize the things that are truly important to me, that truly are important to who I am as a person, my vision for my life. Mm-hmm. Well, you've touched on this a little bit, but in what other ways do you give back to your community or how do you go about supporting other women in your pursuits? I, th- I think we can do that in a lot of ways. I've talked about mentoring, but also um, in a sorority, and a lot of our pursuits are community-wise as well as uh, what we give back to young young women. Uh, recently, we had what we would call a fashionetta, but it's introducing young women to the community, and that happened uh, as part of the Spirit of the Ivy, uh, where we honor Coretta Scott King. And that was just a joy to see all those young women before us and what they've been able to accomplish. Um, I work you know, in my church, a lot of young people. I was very active for a long time with the BMW program, still still contribute where I can. I, I love helping my own children, right, mm-hmm. and uh, spending time with my own children. They're, they're adults now, uh, but they are still my babies, right? And so, you know, when they get older, they still need you. It's just the consequences of of, of things that they can get into is, is greater, so they still need you. Um, I go to I go to Texas several times a year to see family, and we have a tradition of giving scholarships to the young people in our family as they graduate. We don't miss a graduation from high school. Uh, try not to miss any from college. And so that's an inspiration to them to see that we have a legacy of education that is important in our family. Um, I served on a lot of boards and commissions and committees uh, where we are working behind the scenes to do things for people who have, you know, no idea. Mm-hmm. So, Well, let me ask you, and 
again, as I kind of listen to your story, I'm reminded of the concept of we can't have the fruits without the roots. Mm -hmm. And I see in what you've done in a lot of your work is really laying down roots and building a foundation for other women to succeed as well. So what advice would you give to other women who are aspiring to make a difference in their respective fields or their communities? Well, one advice, well, one bit of advice I give to people is to not be afraid of doing things that may not be on your radar or things that you see other people doing and you think, I can't do that. Uh, I've done a lot of things afraid, and uh, it's kind of like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do now? I mean, I could tell you stories and we'd be here all night. But um, one story in particular, when I got ready to move to Lexington, I had just um, bought a house. I had a family. I had moved around before, you know, from Dallas to Philadelphia to Birmingham. But this move was different because I had a family. And like I said, a brand new house and still walking over boxes. I had been there less than five months. So what sense would it make to uproot my family and move here when we were settled there, but I listen to that still small voice in me that says, you can do this, it'll be fine. And um, I can remember the night before I just had a panic attack and my then mother-in-law is no longer with us and no longer married, but she said, God has not given us the spirit of fear. Mm. He has not given us the spirit of fear, so move forward. And so that's what I did. And I can tell you a number of other things that have just worked out to the point where I'm thinking, no, surely this is not what you want me to do now. But yes, yes, it is. So you take the you take the leap of faith. Uh, starting a business was another thing that was very scary. But you take a leap of faith and you believe that you can and you believe that you'll have the resources you need when you need them. And you seek them out and you pray about them and, you know, it, it works out. They say if you, you, you shoot for the moon, maybe you'll fall amongst the stars. Mm-hmm. I'm tingling. Are you me tingling? Too. Absolutely. I needed to hear that. So inspired. I, me too. So the woman of distinction, what does that mean to you, Renee? Well, <laughs> to me, it's a combination of um, community, um, alignment with what our own personal missions are in life and finding out where those connect with um, missions that need help and alignment. So to me, it's all been about alignment and also um, keeping your mind open and spending time in prayer, like you mentioned, on accepting what your true calling might be in life. And also, like Marilyn said, being willing to work afraid. I think that is a big message um, from women in distinction. Um, I've, for example, spent the majority of 2023 just, I called it getting out of my comfort zone. And that requires, right, overcoming fear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I will tell you the lessons you can learn from working you know, afraid. And just sometimes you just have to say yes and figure out how you're going to do it later. Absolutely. Right. So to me, that's what that means. And we have in the month of March, 13 women that we are celebrating as women of distinction. We're so glad 
that you are one of these, Marilyn. And could I ask you just a final question, final Jeopardy question here, <laughs> Mimi? How do you envision a platform of like women of distinction to influence and create positive change for other women and also girls in the future? Right. I believe in the power of storytelling. Oh, I think yes. Storytelling is extremely powerful, and I think young people need to hear our stories. And they need to understand that uh, people that you see in a certain position, it, it took some work to get there. It didn't happen automatically. It didn't happen overnight. But there is uh, a process. There is a process to getting things done. And when you understand that, you know, it becomes, you know, eye-opening um, for you to be able to walk through a door that you didn't think that you could walk through. And also to be able to go to somebody, again, that mentoring, and says, you can do this. Mm-hmm. I would love to see more women own their own businesses. That is one of my missions. Uh, I see a lot of men in business. Uh, especially in minorities, and I would love to see women because we're leading families, we're examples, we need more finances, um, and there are a lot of fields that we can go into if we're not afraid, uh, where women are not and make good good money to support our families. So owning a business, having a second uh, income stream is important to me. Uh, families learning how to build generational wealth. That is one of my missions. Uh, at UK, I work with the Economic Development Collaborative with George Ward and uh, a group of really talented people from across campus. Uh, but I lead one of the subcommittees called Equitable Economic Development. And we're starting to do some, some wonderful things in that space. Uh, we're working on an equity map. We're working on classes that we do around the state of Kentucky to give people resources. Uh, and so the whole mission there is to advance Kentucky. And that means everyone. It means no one is left behind. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I really want people to get out of their comfort zones. You know, when I started this past year, that was one of my passwords. And I don't know why I came up with that password from my com- one of my computers or something. And as it turned out, the next few years were so challenging because <laughs> there was no comfort zone. It's like the rug had been pulled uh, from underneath me and, you know, doing things that I never thought that I would be doing before, like being on the school board and so on and so forth. So, Yeah, but because you, you've, uh, you've created a, a medal of, of adversity in your own life is how you have the strength to take on roles such as the school board? And is there anything that you want to offer us in terms of the resiliency that's needed in order to fulfill the role of a school board member? Well, I would say to people to understand the assignment. It, it is not an easy job by any stretch of the imagination. And People look at the role and you're at the school board meeting two or three hours and that's it. Once a month, that is not the assignment. (laughs) And so you really have to have a heart for kids, really want them to succeed and ask those questions to get to the information that you that you need. But I think we have a good team and I am um, looking forward to this year. I will tell you running as a candidate 
nothing I ever thought I would do in my entire life. If anybody had given me a million dollars, I would say no, I would not be able to. <laughs> I enjoyed meeting people where they were on their front porches and having those one-on-one -on -one conversations with them, which is what I'm much better at. I'm much better at one-on-one -on -one than big crowds. And that was the surprising part that I really enjoyed that and some of the things that they, the feedback that they gave me. Um, I believe that we have to, as a community, surround our, our children. They are all of our children, whether they're yours or not, whether you have kids in school or not. This is truly uh, our future. We, we say that as a cliche, but it's true. And uh, we, as a community, have to invest in them and in their future because that's who's gonna be taking care of us. Like I said, we honor the work that you do in our community and you are a true woman of distinction. And I will tell you, you were not handpicked by just one person. You were handpicked by a committee of people along with the other four highlighted women. But there are 13 total women yes. that were nominated and we are going to make sure that we celebrate all of them in the month of March. So thank you for being here on The Ricochet Effect. Thank you. I can't wait to meet them. <laughs> yes. I mean, connection is everything, yes, right? Yes, it is. Connection yes, it is. is everything. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, we've come to the close of a, another amazing podcast. I'd like to thank our listeners. I'd like to thank our guests. And as we say here at WKY, we can't do it without our community. Our programming is distinctive because it provides development opportunities for community and economic empowerment. It's the ricochet effect, ricochet effect. It's the ricochet effect, ricochet effect.